0: The four things that he mentioned, what makes a house of God? The house of God is the church. The church is his body. And when you discern it correctly, it causes things to happen through you. Amen? God made it that way. A place where dreams, people can dream dreams. A place where we receive the promises of God. A place where we awaken to the reality of God. And a place where commitments are made. I like that. It's a really good word. And it's interesting because Sunday, the message I have, titled The Second Quarter, The Second 25 Years, um, it's going to really, it's going to, the, the, the message Pastor John preached will really kind of dovetail into to what I'm preaching on Sunday. So you want to be here and be a part of that. Amen? That was just an awesome word to appreciate all the men Pastor John, David Howard, and Dr. Avanzini, all of those who brought really great words this month in in our celebration. Um, We're going to take a two-week break on the gifts of the Spirit and we'll jump back into those uh, next couple of weeks. Uh, I want to share something tonight that's really strong on my heart and so I just I felt like we're just supposed to break from that so we will this week and next week when we when we resume our teaching we will be teaching on the gift of the working of miracles and I tell you what I, I encourage you I really encourage you to take advantage of the free messages free downloads you can pull off our website And I would listen to these messages on the gifts of the Spirit because I believe we're living in a day and a time. Well, we've been living in a day and a time for the last 2,000 plus years. But we're living in a day and a time when you don't want to operate on planet Earth without an understanding of the gifts of the Spirit in operation in your life. You want to know how to access those. You know, the Bible says that those gifts operate as the Lord wills them in given situation. But God won't entrust and will a gift of His to people that don't know Him. And and so we've got to know Him, we've got to develop right relationships and, and allow those gifts to flow through us because the Bible says, as we've read, that those gifts are there to profit everybody. They're to bring profit into people's lives, to profit you and to profit the people around you. God desires for his people to operate on those gifts. Jesus operated in seven of those gifts because Jesus never operated in the gift of tongues and interpretation or that we know of. There was no need for him to. Um, because as I talked about, Jesus operated in the spirit without measure. You and I operate in the spirit without uh, that has been measured to us, the measure of faith that we've been given, the measure of the Spirit. And so now the body of Jesus Christ that we know, not Him after the flesh, the body of Jesus Christ we know now, we know that body through all of us connected. So all of us have a peace and a part, and That's why the church, the house of God, the body of Jesus Christ is so vitally important and it's why it's so important for you to be connected too. So, Tonight, um, I've got an interesting message, and um, I've I, I spent, I don't, I don't usually do this, but I got so much revelation today, I spent from about 11 o'clock this morning, not, not straight through, I mean, there were a couple things I had to do in between, but most of the day I spent writing some things that God gave me about this message. They're really interesting. And so I've got, actually, I've got three pages of, you know, I usually don't use paper much anymore, but I just couldn't quit writing. And um, I'm not sure how I'm going to preach this message or, or share it with you. I'm not going to preach it. I'm just going to talk. Um, but the title I'm titling this message: "The Spirit of a Leader," and uh, you are destined to be a leader. Say, I am. I, am. "I am." You are destined to be a leader. You were not the, the when when God made man, Genesis one. What what what? did he give him? He gave him dominion, dominion, right? So, you were created to dominate. You were created to dominate in one form or another. Every person was created to dominate. And when you hear that word dominate, it's almost in a negative connotation. Like dominating one person or another, no you weren 't created to dominate other people, but you were created to have dominion over everything in the earth. and in that dominion, God created us to lead. everybody 's been called to be a leader in one sense or another, and there are certain attributes about leadership that are really, really important, and so i 'm just going to kind of read to you some of my notes and um, you know, there's one thing in Scripture that the Bible says God can't do. How many know what it is? Can't lie. The Bible says he cannot lie. It doesn't say that he could and he chooses not to. It says he can't. It's impossible for God to lie. So anything that you see written in the pages of this book, if you believe this, and you believe that this has the potential to be the Word of God, This is the Bible. It has the potential to be the Word of God if you do something with it. There's hundreds and thousands and millions of copies of this book that sit on bookshelves around the planet that nobody ever gets into. It's a Bible. And it has the potential to become the Word of God unlike any other book on the planet. But it doesn't become the living Word of God till it gets in the heart of somebody And somebody does something with it. So, God cannot lie. But I found found in Scripture, I found another thing that God couldn't do. You might have found something else, but I found something else that God couldn't do. And he couldn't change the thinking and the mindsets of the children of Israel that were 438 years in bondage in Egypt. He couldn't change their minds. And so, with that in mind, you say, well, what does that have to do about the spirit of a leader? Glad you asked. I want to just go through a few things. Um, You can write some of these things down. I've just been writing all day, so I'm going to just read to you some of the things I've written down. It's not what I am that holds me back. It's what I think I am. It's not what I am, who I am, the way I was born, the way I was raised, or anything else that holds me back. It's the way I think that I am. What my perception of myself is, it holds me back. or, Or it moves me forward. Let me ask you this question. Was, was, Hitler, was Hitler a great leader? Think, of, think about this for a moment. And I, you know, I'm gonna say this, this may relate to you, you may agree with this, or you might not, it doesn't matter. But this is the thought that I had. Was Hitler a great leader? Think about it. <clears throat> Did he have people that followed him? Did he have more than just a few? But what he really was, if you've studied his life, he was a great manipulator. So does that qualify him as a good leader? I say no. So could you and I be manipulators? could we think we're good leaders but really we're manipulators? Think about that. And you know the scripture, as a man thinks in his heart, he is. Another thing. I can't control all the circumstances around me, but I can always control My thoughts. You know why I know that? Not because I've always done it. Because the Bible tells me I can. I can't control all the circumstances around me, but I can control my thoughts. Another thought. Nothing changes until your mind changes. Nothing changes until your mind changes. Think think about this one. The Word brings revelation. The Word of God brings revelation. As As I'm sharing some things with you tonight, if you're really listening, the Word that I'm teaching will bring revelation to you but the Spirit of the Word will transform you. In other words, what the Spirit of God reveals to you personally about what I'm telling you tonight will transform your life, if you take it serious. The most difficult project on earth... Is reconstructing the human mind. The most difficult project on the earth is reconstructing the human mind. This is a good one. What we see and hear is very small in comparison to what we think. What we see and hear is very small in comparison to what and how we think. And then another thought is the most powerful force on the earth is the will of man. There is and I'm just going to show you in a number of different scriptures tonight as I just bring a few thoughts together. That The most powerful force on earth is the will of man. Now I want you to turn to Exodus, if you will, chapter 13. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the children of Israel. We're going to look at verse 17 in, in Exodus 13. Um, in thinking about the children of Israel and what God was attempting to do with them there's a scripture in the Psalms that says God led them out of Egypt to lead them into to the promised land he led them out to lead them in what does that mean? does that mean that was the will of God for their life? absolutely absolutely no matter what you've ever heard or heard taught about the children of Israel in the wilderness, that it was God's plan for them there, the Bible says He let them out to lead them in. <clears throat> miracles will never change a person. Because if miracles changed you, and it changed your thinking, then the children of Israel would have all, all, I don't know how many, I've heard 19 different quotes on how many people were led out of Egypt. Anywhere from 2.5 million to 9 million. (laughs) So, in the 2 million to 10 million people that came out of Egypt, if miracles... Would have changed their thinking, they would all come out. But for 40 years, food was free. And the menu was manna. And then they complained about that and they added to the menu quail. 40 years of free food. Ever seen a grocery store offer that? I don't know about you, but there's not a lot of anything that's free. 40 years of free, pure, triple osmosis, purified water that was bitter and made sweet. Forty years. Free water. Forty years of free water. Forty years of clothes that never wore out. I don't know if I want to wear the same shirt for 40 years, but you know, whatever. Forty years of shoes. Never got a hole in them. Forty Years of miracles. I didn't change them. Miracles will not change you. The deal is, and, and, and I, wanna, I want us to read this verse. Verse 17, Exodus 13. Then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, which was about a, from, from Egypt going in. Again, I've heard different quotes, but somewhere between 11 and 20 miles uh, journey, walking distance was between, uh, somewhere around 20 miles from Egypt to the promised land. Okay, So this is a, about a 20-day journey that took 40 years. It says, they didn't go that way, although that was near, for God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt, return to what was easy and what was comfortable. 430 years of oppression, conditioned them and their thinking to be slaves, to be servants, to be workers, to be people that were less than, and to be people that had no vision. 430 years of oppression caused their thinking to be altered. Because before that 430 years, they weren't oppressed and they didn't have this servant mentality. They were God's kids and they knew it and they knew the covenant that they had. And God had promised to Abraham that there would be a time when they were in bondage and that he would lead them out. It was a promise. But I tell you, their attitudes, look at me when I say this. Their attitudes weren't ready for war. Their attitudes weren't ready for what the enemy was going to throw at them. Tested leaders see obstacles and attacks and things that come against them as an avenue to success. Leaders that have been tested, leaders that have gone through the fire and dealt with things and are still standing, and even though they may be a little smoky, they're still standing and they're not backing off. Leaders that have been tested are ready for war. And they're ready for the obstacles and the battles that come. I'm telling you, if you're breathing today, you're going to face battles. And What God was doing by leading them on a different path was trying to keep them from being destroyed. Many people aren't ready for the obstacles and the battles that come. And God's trying to protect them, and people want to bail from their protection. Never want to bail from your protection. It says that the Spirit led them in the wilderness, you know, instead of that 20-mile journey. And if you think about it, he led Jesus the same way. He led Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days, (laughs) led them for 40 years. Jesus for 40 days, the children of Israel for 40 years. So, just a couple of things that that I wrote down here about this today. If, if, If we're not trained, if we don't, if we're not taught, if the Word doesn't bring revelation to us, and then we let the Holy Spirit reveal to us the truth of things that we face, then what happens is, and that's what happened with, with these people. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures about it. But what happened is they put more faith and confidence in the oppressor than they did in the promise. They put more faith in the oppressor to deliver them and make them feel that everything was going to be okay than they did in what the promise that they had, been, they had heard from all of their ancestors for 430 years. God will deliver us. God will deliver us. Because a lot of times, you know, what what happens is that we begin to think that if we just had this or we had that, if I had a new car, if I I could live in a house like so-and-so, if I had more money, if I had all these things, then everything would change in my life. When in actuality, it doesn't matter how many things that you have, what happens when you come under attack and, and the oppression comes like it did to the children of Israel. All that happens is that if you just have more stuff than, than what you go through that you're not successful in, just gets magnified because of all the things that you have. More people just know about what you're dealing with or what you're going through. God doesn't want us to be that. He, he doesn't want us to look at things like that. Um. You know, if if a person, because we're talking about thinking as leaders, if a person is a fool, if they're a fool, and they dress themselves up in a $10,000 Armani suit, What has that done to change them? They're just a fool in a nice suit, right? Because the thinking hasn't changed, but the natural things are trying to change it. The thinking that you know, if I could be like that guy, I mean, you see somebody and you look up to him, you admire somebody, and there's nothing wrong with admiring people. They just can't be what you where you put your faith. You see. It can't just. It can't be that I put my faith and my confidence in what someone else is doing. My faith and confidence is, it has got to be in God that the promises of his word will deliver me no matter what anything else looks like. And, and in this journey, and I, and I thought about this in this 17th verse, What God was saying was, listen to me. He's saying this to the children of Israel. You guys got to listen to me. It's more important how you think than how and when we get to the destination. How you think is more important than how and when you get to what has been promised to you. Because what happens is when my thinking doesn't change and I and I still stay with God, what happens is the promise fulfilled gets pushed back. Just keeps getting pushed back. Keeps getting pushed back because I don't take the time to change the way I think. Now, this is a good statement. <clears throat> and I want you to think about this. The children of Israel had been promised a land. A piece of property that we see today that everybody and their dog wants. Just a little bitty piece. (laughs) I mean, we drove across it in about four hours. You can drive across the nation of Israel quicker than you can drive across the state of Delaware. It's just a little bitty place, but everybody wants it because there's a, there's pro, there's a promise connected to it. <laughs> Everything those people touch turns to gold. They prosper. But the same promise, the same promises are for those who are engrafted Jews through Jesus Christ. We've been engrafted into the kingdom of God. See? And those same promises are for us today. But God prepared the land for them. But what he was saying to him is, you've not prepared yourself for the land. Go go to Numbers chapter 13. Just notice these few verses. I'm just going to run through them real quick. Numbers 13, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men, verse 1, To spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. He said, send men to spy out the land of Canaan to see if they can have it or not. No. The land which I am giving to the children of Israel. How many in here know about the story of the twelve spies? How I many of you say you've ever heard the story of the 12 spies that went and spied out the land of Canaan and came back with the big fat grapes and all that stuff, right? Okay, so, so most of you have heard of this story, okay? So, so I'm making just a really couple of really quick points. God sent the spies to spy out the land so that they could see the land that he had already given to them. Wasn't, he didn't send them there to find out whether they could take it or not. Now watch, verse 26. Uh, Now they departed and they came back. They went to the land, they spied out the land, checked it all out, there was 12 of them. They departed back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel, however many millions it was, in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. In other words, man, this land is ready. You know what I'm telling you tonight? Your land is ready. What what is the church about? A place where you can dream dreams. I'm telling you, your land is ready. Whatever your land is, whatever your blessings are, whatever God's promised you, it's ready. question is, are you ready for the land? Children of Israel weren't ready for the land. You know what I think? I mean, he led them a different way, but, but what did I just say? What matters is that your thinking changes, you get ready for war. It doesn't matter if it takes you six months or a year or two years or three to get there. See, the difference in the children of Israel, God couldn't change them in 40 years. Why? Because they didn't choose to. You know what happened with Jesus. He changed 11 guys in three years that changed the planet. Hmm? Jesus, the living word, became revelation, but then it began to transform. How many mistakes did we see the disciples make? <laughs> Tons. We saw the disciples make all kinds of mistakes, but what did they do? They pressed through. They got it. Everybody sitting in here today has made mistakes, but I'm telling you, the dreams that you're dreaming, that you're getting from God through your relationship with God, I'm telling you, the dreams are ready. The things you've dreamed for, they're ready. What's waiting on now is you being ready for the dream. Because God loves you so much and he knows how much the devil hates success in people that he will make sure in you that things don't happen before you're ready to handle it. Now You can bypass God and try to make something happen, but who wants that? I don't want that. That's a mess. That's an absolute mess. I don't want it. I didn't finish reading. We went to the land, verse 27, where you sent us, and it truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified, very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Marites, and dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. And Caleb rises up and goes, shh, shut up. What the hell, what's this? I mean, these 12 guys came back and they're thinking, they're thinking the reports are gonna be, man, okay, we saw the land that God has given us, we can take it. And not only this guy, but nine others like him had the same report, except for Caleb and for Joshua. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and he said, let us go up at once Take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they're stronger than we are. What, what is that? What is that? A bunch of dang cowards. It's a bunch of servants. It's a bunch of slaves. It's a bunch of slave mentality for 430 years. Listen, you can take... You can take the slave out of Egypt, but it's another thing to take Egypt out of the slave. The reconstruction of a man's mind is the most difficult thing on planet Earth. And why would we think it would just flow through us? I'm just a good guy, God. But there's a bad devil. And he comes with a big stick, whooping you all over the place when you don't know you have dominion over him. That's what he'll do. He'll beat you, leave you for dead. Literally and figuratively. Figuratively leave you for dead when you don't know who you are. That's why we've That's why we've got to get revelation. That's why the church is so important. That's why we're here. You know, when Jessica was standing up here, and, as others do, and, and talking about giving and tithing, you know, I was sitting there thinking as she's talking, as she's reading the Word, the Word that's going forth, for anybody that's really listening, can transform the way that you advance and prosper in life by just a four-minute little nugget of truth if you allow the Holy Spirit to take what was said and do something with it. That's the importance of the church. The church is all about the Word. Church is about people, but it has to be centered around the Word and how the Word disciples a person's life, because if your thinking doesn't change, nothing changes, right? If my thinking doesn't change, nothing changes in my life. Nothing. I'm telling you today, I can't control all the circumstances around me and make everything look like everything's great. But I can control every stinking, nasty, perverted, ungodly, not pleasing to God thought that comes across my mind. And on a daily basis, you and I have a boatload of them a choice. And they gave the children of Israel, verse 32, a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours. Watch this. Watch watch this mindset that they have. It devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it, are men and their great stature. They didn't do anything to them; They all came back. Watch this. Watch what verse, look at this, look at this mindset. See, as a man thinks, he's this way. Look what he said. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. <laughs> And we were in their sight. They were spies. They weren't even supposed to be seen. How did those guys see them as grasshoppers? Because of the way they saw themselves. At the end of the day, it don't matter what, you, what, what I or anybody else tells you about yourself, at the end of the day, you are and will think about yourself tomorrow, the way you think about yourself today, if there's no process of change that's going on. As a man thinks, that's the way he is. And the other one, the other one that I read to you was, it's not what I am that holds me back, it's what I think I am. Don't forget that. It's what you think you are. See, I don't have to put up with that mess. And and, and I, what time is it? i got to finish this because i got to get to the end of this to speak this over you tonight. Um, okay, and so that's what they said there. And then in verse 1, so all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. And the people wept that night, and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, think of all the miracles that they saw before they left Egypt, didn't change their thinking, they still think in the same way. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return? Nothing has happened. They're still eating food. They're still drinking water. They've still got their clothes. They've got all the riches of Egypt. I realize there's no mall to go spend it in, but I mean, you know, my gosh. They've got it all. They've got all this stuff. They They... They're, they're healed. For 40 years they're healed because all they got to do is look at the bronze serpent on the end of a stick and as they look at it, they're healed. I mean, it's a win-win situation and now they're, con- they're convinced that they're going to be wiped out and annihilated. We need to go back to Egypt. Why? Because you can take someone out of Egypt and out of bondage, but you can't take the bondage out of the person. And I'm, I'm just telling you today, If you're harping on somebody to make changes in their life and they ain't changing, you're wasting your time. Take a deep breath and go play golf. Amen? (laughs) Or something. You're wasting your time. You're not going to change people. But for the Word of God and the Holy Ghost revealing it and bringing conversion on the inside and transformation on the inside of them, they won't change. So what do you do? You love people and you pray for people and you encourage people, but you can't change them. That's a good word. Amen? Watch this. Psalm 23, just go look at it. There's a passage in there. I think it's verse 6. I prepared you, I I prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. And and <laughs> the thought I got is, yeah, but God wants me to be prepared for the table. So I'm, I'm saying these things to you tonight because I want you to. I, I'm giving you some some nuggets of things to think about. God prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemy, but God wants you to be ready for the table. So you're ready to handle the demonic attacks and assaults that come against us. Can you say amen? Um, so, okay, so I'm going to end it with a couple thoughts and a couple things I want you to see, okay? And, 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 and I want you to catch this. The children of Israel got taken from bondage to a free desert, <laughs> right? And during the time they were in Egypt, they got enough information from Moses and they were encouraged and reminded enough about the promises of God from Moses that it's like they're looking at Egypt and they're looking at where they're going, and they're not sure where they're going, and they're afraid of where they're going. But in their minds, they convince themselves it can't be any worse than this. Right? So, relocation and a little bit of hearing of some word didn't change their thinking. Because what happened... And the reason that it didn't is because they were spiritually bankrupt. They were spiritually wounded. And I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have time to go into this tonight, but, but I want to leave this thought with you in, in, in a couple of verses that I'm going to give you about how to overcome this. Um. Put, put up Proverbs 18:14 for me. What, what the children of Israel and I want you to catch this. You know, I'm sharing with you truths from the word, but you've got to apply it to your own life, but I want you to catch this. What the children of Israel suffered for 430 years was this: The spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness. But who can bear a broken spirit? The word spirit there has to do with the mind, the spirit of the mind. You know, if, if a child grows up and they're rebellious and they're unruly, and I mean, you know, what child doesn't have something? The Bible says, you spare the rod, you spoil the child. So I'm not talking about beating and hurting somebody, but the Bible is very clear about getting the attention of a child through a whooping. I got a bunch of whoopings when I was younger, and it didn't hurt me. It made me better. But you never, you never want to, like, wound a child or a person, and you never want to break their spirit. But what happened to the children of Israel is for 430 years, they got broken. They didn't believe they could do anything. I'm going to be a mud brick maker for the rest of my life with no vision to be able to do anything. And they broke their spirit. They broke them. They crushed them. And so all the different stories that I read to you about their unbelief and not believing and trusting in God, I said all that, but, but I'm just going to tell you today. It's no different than today. How many of us sitting in here today, our spirits have been crushed? The spirit of our minds have been crushed. We, we, we look at things and look through things and view things in life through a defeated mentality, a worthless mentality. A, uh, you know, I'll never amount to anything. I, I, I'm never good enough. I, you know, I, I, I'm, I've always been overlooked, and I'm, I'm never going to be enough kind of a thing. How many people are sitting in here today that have fought and dealt with things like that? And what's happened is the enemy has come to break your spirit, to break it, to crush it to where you have no life to rise up on the inside of you. but Jesus. The song we sang tonight, but Jesus. Oppression, like with Israel, is what breaks your spirit. It breaks your mind down. Oppression. Living in places and things and situations and circumstances around you where it seems like there's no hope, where it seems like I can't get over the hump and get past this thing. That's why I can't control the circumstances, but I can control my thoughts. And when I realize Luke chapter 10 and verse 19 says, He's given me authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt me and nothing will harm me. You know what it means? I have the ability and power because of the anointing of God to overcome every situation, but it starts with the way I think. I'm telling you tonight, if your thinking doesn't change, if you're not reminding yourself every day that greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world, then he that's in the world is going to convince you that he's greater than the one that says he is and make you believe, you can come in here and sit in here, but if you're meditating on that on a a day-to-day basis and doing nothing with the word that you hear, if you're not doing anything with it, it, it won't just magically, like Disney World, work. Hmm? I wish we could just sprinkle some, you know, fairy dust on us, and it would work. Hmm? Tinkerbell just fly in and just cover us all. (laughs) I wish. It don't work that way. My thinking doesn't change. Nothing changes. And I don't get anything. I don't get any results. I mean, maybe a little here and there because of the grace of God, but it doesn't work for us. God doesn't want our tails whooped by the enemy. He didn't want the children of Israel defeated by the enemy. That's why he led them on this journey. They're not ready for adverse circumstances yet. So we're going to learn along the way. And what happened? They flunked every test. Why? Their spirit was broken. You're going to flunk test as long as your spirit is broken and and, and rise up. And the verse I'm going to end with is the answer to everything. Wow. I don't have to read any of the rest of the Bible? That's right. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Verse 16. Watch this. So he came to Nazareth, and this is after his 40 days in the wilderness, and he passed the test. He was in the wilderness 40 days, and the difference in Jesus and the children of Israel is he passed the test. And it became, and he tempted Him. Thoughts and circumstances came, and it looked like there was going to be no food for the children of Israel, no water. Like the uh, Egyptian soldiers were going to kill them at the Red Sea. All those different things that were going to happen, it looked like that time and time again. But Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He passed the test. So here he is. Here he is a number of days later. So he came to Nazareth, verse 16, where he had been brought up. As was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Not because I'm the Son of God. Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. What's he anointed him to do? Preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal who? The broken spirited. You know what I say when I read that? I'm healed. I'm healed. I have been healed of a broken heart. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. And because I choose to receive it even when I don't understand it. Yeah, but pastor, my heart still hurts. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. God knows. And the more he's involved in that, the more he heals it and he, he does it. But you've got to consider it as a done thing. You and I day by day have to consider it as a done thing. He healed the brokenhearted. Watch this. He, sent, he proclaimed liberty to the captives. Recovering of sight to those who are blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of the whole. Synagogue were fixed on him and he said, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. It's fulfilled today in your hearing. Brokenness and difficulties... And stuff that have come against you, I'm telling you today, because of the anointing that is on Jesus, if you're born again today, the same anointing is upon you. And your brokenness in any way, shape, or form has been healed through Jesus Christ. I'm telling you today, we don't have to live our lives with wrong thinking. We can make changes every day, every single day of our life, we can make changes in our soul. My thinking didn't have to stay the same. I don't have to see myself as a loser. I don't have to see myself as not enough. I don't have to see myself as being passed over and nobody wanting me. I don't have to see myself as, you know, this isn't going to happen or that. No, 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 I don't, have to, I don't have to see myself today because God healed me of that. Through Jesus Christ, through the blood of Jesus, I've been healed and I've been delivered. What God couldn't do with the children of Israel, because of their choices, God did through Jesus Christ. I feel like playing that happy song, I'm happy, Hmm? I'm delivered, I'm not broken. You're not broken. We're not broken people. The blood of Jesus has delivered us. And God has created you to lead in dominion and power and authority and believe who you are and 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 not 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 care. When the thoughts and the things come to you and tell you that you can't do this, I mean, out of the, out of nowhere, thoughts will come to your mind and tell you you can't accomplish something when you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I'm gonna I'm gonna share some more of this later on. We gotta go because the kids have gotta go. <laughs> Amen. I know we went we went. long. We've been going too long for the last three weeks. Okay. But, man, listen to what I said tonight. Meditate on it. Listen to it again and again and again. Listen to it. I'm telling you, this is the day of God doing amazing things through you. Amen? Through you. Father, we thank you tonight for your word and for your blessing, for your empowerment. Thank you, Lord, that the truth of this word is going deep into the hearts of every person. Lord, it's a privilege to be able to teach to people that want to listen and hear. And I thank you so much for the Holy Spirit that you've put inside of them to reveal the truth of this to them personally right where they're at so they know how to handle things and to deal with things and to overcome things. And I thank you in each and every person they have been healed of broken hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you tonight. Be extremely blessed.